<clears throat> okay, welcome again to Shabbat Chaverim, a wonderful place in Yerushalayim, to daven and learn and enjoy Kiddush. Parashas uh, Bolak here at Eretz Yisrael. Um, I, I entitled this year Bolak's Anxiety Closet because the Shemi Shmuel asks in a few places, what was Bolak so afraid of? Meaning Moab... Countries had intelligence then, just like they had now. Moab was not on the firing line. Am Yisrael were not supposed to start up with Moab and Ammon. They weren't coming to conquer Ammon and Moab. They didn't even ask to go through Ammon and Moab, like we saw last week with Melech Edom and others. So what was the problem, right? Why were they so afraid? Also, he asks, what did they think they could do? We're not talking here about some foolish louts Right? Bilam Chazal described that he was a person of incredible intelligence, incredible intuition, incredible spiritual powers that he used in negative ways. So did they really think, oh, we're going to curse them and then God's just going to wipe them out? How could it be? And they're going to, Hashem's going to swap Am Yisrael out for other nations? He says it doesn't make sense. So he says, let's look carefully at what the words are there in the beginning of the parsha. The Medrash Rabbah says, Balak said, min I want to banish them from the land. Which again is strange because they weren't in his land. So the Medrash says, laaretz. Not talking about my land. I want to make sure they don't enter Eretz Yisrael. I need to attack them now because they're on their way to Eretz Yisrael. And at all costs, I must stop them from entering Eretz Yisrael. He says, why does he care? Doesn't hurt him. Doesn't cause any problem. So he says, they understood something. Am Yisrael were traveling to Eretz Yisrael to live a very special type of life. The Torah can only be fulfilled real time fully in Eretz Yisrael. Especially with those mitzvahs that are called mitzvahs atulias ba'aretz. Mitzvahs that only apply to the land of Israel. When we say the land of Israel, we mean the actual dirt of Israel, the agriculture of Israel. And the purpose of those mitzvahs, of performing those mitzvahs in Eretz Yisrael, he says, is yizdakech gamachomer ba'aretz. When Am Yisrael do the mitzvahs in Eretz Yisrael, so the very physicality of Eretz Yisrael becomes purified. It changes, it transforms. And Eretz Yisrael, we know, is the link the rest of the world, right? They say Shlomo HaMelech knew the places in Eretz Yisrael. You could plant everything that grows anywhere in the world because they're like veins going from Am Yisrael, from Eretz Yisrael to the entire world. And once Eretz Yisrael is elevated and purified, Yizkadesh Kol Kadur HaAretz, all of planet Earth will be filled with Kedusha. He says this is what the Kedusha Arim would say, right? HaShamayim Shamayim LaShem. Oh, I'm sorry, I put the drinks in the freezer. Yeah, Okay, it says the Shemaim for Hashem. The land was given to B'nai Adam, but it doesn't say what it was given for. He says, To turn the earth and make it heavenly. That's the job which is there. And that means not just our own particular Eretz Yisrael, but that itself is going to be part of a universal transformation and elevation for the whole world. Now he says, there's a catch. 
what Bilam and Balak knew is that once the world became, would become so Kadosh, so then the Umas Olam are going to have to get Shefa, get which Hashem gives, gets the sustenance in the world by being subservient to Kedusha. There will be no longer a channel for someone to get their bread and butter and all the other things they want without being connected to Kedusha, subservient to Kedusha. If they don't have that connection to Kedusha, they're not going to get anything at all. So what Bilam and Balak saw was an entirely different way of life that the world would have to do. The experiences that they experienced, the unrestricted desires that they had could no longer be fulfilled. And in fact, this is the picture, and I emphasize this so many times. Unfortunately, so many Jews themselves don't realize that what we're doing is for the benefit of the entire world. And that eventually, if we are able to fulfill our tafkid, our task, this will benefit everyone. He says, this is what we find in Zechariah. In the future, so Yushalayim will be rebuilt, and all nations will have to come, or at least send their representatives to Yushalayim. Welcome, welcome. Right, to, um, to bow down. And if they don't, V'lo alem yageshem. Those countries won't receive rain. Okay, I'll just uh, summarize briefly. For the dear friends that just came in, he starts, the Shemesh Mul starts with some questions, sits it, it, with some questions about what was Balak afraid of? Amisra were not coming to attack Moab. Okay, what did Balak and Bilam think they could accomplish? Did they really think that they could convince HaKadosh Baruch Hu to take somebody else instead of Am Yisrael? So he says that they wanted to stop Am Yisrael from getting to Eretz Yisrael. Va'agarshenu min ha'aretz, he said, the Medrash says, Balak says, I have to stop them from getting to Eretz Yisrael. And the reason they had to do that is because Am Yisrael coming into Eretz Yisrael were going to be able to fulfill the mitzvahs HaTzulius Baretz to fulfill all the mitzvahs the Torah gave us, to be fulfilled physically in the world, especially in Eretz Yisrael. And that would elevate and purify Eretz Yisrael. And Eretz Yisrael, when it reaches that state, would purify what he says, kol kadur ha'aretz, the entire planet Earth. And then, he says, their fear was, the only way to receive Shefa, the only way to receive anything, would be by being subservient to Kedusha. You had to have that connection to Kedusha. And that's where we are now, where he quotes from the Novi Zechariah, who says, Yerushalayim is going to be a central point. The Avodah in Yerushalayim is going to be central for everyone in the world. And that connection is going to be the only way to get Shefa. And he says, originally that was supposed to happen right when Am Yisrael came into Eretz Yisrael. If the original Chathila plan happened, no Cheta Egel, no Cheta Meraglim, that would have happened when Am Yisrael came into Eretz Yisrael. So what did Bullock want instead? He wanted Am Yisrael to have all the Ruchnius they want. All of it. He said, let them stay in the Midbar. They got the Anani covered. They're eating mon, they're drinking their special water, 
they are meditating and learning whatever they're doing there, God bless them. Let them keep on doing that and don't mess with the world. That's all I want. I'm not coming to annihilate them. I just don't want them going into Eretz Yisrael and doing those actual practical mitzvahs. He says, I don't want them to affect Olam Hazeh. I want Olam Hazeh to remain as it is, a physical place that everybody can do with what they will, with no conditions, with no particular purpose. Just enjoy it. To fulfill, he says, If I want to do bad stuff with the world, I don't want these Jewish people doing their thing in Eretz Yisrael, messing up my ability to do what I want. Okay, so this is just fascinating that as the centuries have gone by, many people sometimes approach Judaism this way as well. I love Judaism. I love the ideas. I love, you know, the stories. I love some of the songs. I really don't love the doing stuff. Right? I would rather just filter out from Judaism all that spirituality. Or correct, right at the at the at the uh, proper time. Okay, so he says. So we also see that the entire future of humanity is the idea of goof and nefesh. The idea of body and soul. If Am Yisrael wouldn't go into Eretz Yisrael and have those actual practical mitzvahs, and as the Ramban says and others, that the true place for fulfilling all mitzvahs is Eretz Yisrael. Because the tachlis of a person coming into the world is to fulfill the mitzvahs physically with his body. Because the Neshama, he says, has plenty of asagas before it comes into the world. If you all started up up there, you all have that. But to come into this world and to particularly do these mitzvahs physically is the key. And that's why he says eventually our picture of the future is tchiyas amesim. You ever ask the question, why do you have to come back into a body again? You lived in this life, you've done what you've done, right? Your spiritual self moves on to a higher plane, as they say in all the you know, eulogies or things like that. And it, suddenly, you've got to come back in, right, to the bus of a dugim. Why? So this is our purpose, right? The Ramchal, again, talks about it in a lot more detail, but we are supposed to be combined with physicality and elevated. That's our picture, and that is what they did not want. So we say you can always tell from the blessings that Bilam had to end up saying what the original curses were supposed to be. He said, Mi mona afar Yaakov. Who can count the dust of Yaakov? Chazal said, what did that mean? Look how many mitzvahs they do with dirt. Right? When you plow your field, you cannot use a donkey and a chamor together. I'll just share, parenthetically, one very cute explanation for that iser. He said, what's the difference between the ox and the donkey? The ox chews its cud. The donkey doesn't. Okay? So they're plowing along. And the donkey keeps looking at the ox, and the ox keeps eating. And he's saying, like, where's he getting that from? <laughs> and I don't have anything. And the ox has his mouth full with, with this. It's brought down, it described that idea, right? And it's a lot to learn about not making people jealous. Kilayim, right? Intermingling of plants. All sorts of things. Orlo. He says, Bilam went on to say, Umispar is rova Yisrael. 
he counts the conjugal relations of Am Yisrael, something which the world usually makes the most physical. For Am Yisrael, it's something that HaKadosh Baruch Hu counts because it's so precious, so many mitzvahs they have like that. Look at the descriptions in Tanakh of the marriages of the Avos and what came from them. He says, therefore, what he realizes is, Kol Chomer Ba'olam Hazeh In reality, the Jews aren't just these people who are supposed to have their little bit of spirituality. Everything physical in the world belongs to Am Yisrael, meaning is meant to be elevated by Am Yisrael. Okay, he says, when we say that everything physical in the world belongs to Am Yisrael, this is not some kind of megalomaniac type of desire to take over and control the world. He said, Lo osam It's not that we want to take everything away from everyone. We want to wallow in all this stuff in the world. We want to have it fulfill its purpose. And he says, this is what we say on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur when we say, Hashem, we want you to give us life. We want that life to fulfill the purpose that you wanted. In Birkas HaMazon, he says, when we bench, we say, right? We should not be missing food. Why? Not just because we like food, because food fuels everything that we're doing here in this world. So that was fear number one of Bolak and Bilam. Am Yisrael entering Eretz Yisrael, and entering Eretz Yisrael represents doing actual physical mitzvahs. And those physical mitzvahs, this opens up a window for us, what we do with these mitzvahs, especially mitzvahs atzulius baritz, especially the agricultural mitzvahs in Eretz Yisrael that many people just kind of view as an annoyance, right, <laughs> which is there, you know, that, that you have to do, and you have to realize this. Vasem has said a fascinating thing. He says, when we, let's say, separate truma and meiser from fruits, so we'll call this truma, this meiser, and the remaining fruit is called chulin, poorly, poorly translated as profane, or something like this, okay? He says, no, what it simply means is it doesn't have that set tafkid, as Truma does, or as Meiser does, but he says, it is certainly not profane. The fruits of Eretz Yisrael that had the mitzvahs, Hatzuyi's words performed on them, have become elevated by those mitzvahs, not just the Truma and Meiser, the fruit that you're going to eat and bake with and cook with and do all those things, those things become elevated. So to realize that aspect of it and that our picture is not one of having some people on a monastery doing the spirituality for us. The picture is not a nation of people who, yes, we do the spiritual things and the rest of the world can do what they will, but this universal goal. Okay, fear number two of Bullock and Bilam. He said, I'll go over my question again, what in the world were they afraid of? Now, in the beginning of the parsha, he says, they use a strange term to describe Am Yisrael. The kahal is going to devour, so to speak, lick up everything around us. Rashi says when an ox goes out there and works on the field, takes it all the way down. So he says, why didn't it refer to them as Ha'am, the nation? Throughout the parsha, it keeps referring to them as Ha'am, 
here hakahal. Why kahal? Another parenthetical thing, a discussion that went on between Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky's etzal and Rav Hutner's etzal. Rabbi Yaakov was a very big expert in, in Lashon HaKodesh and Diktuk, and he was explaining the difference between shir and shira. And he said that a shira is actually a subset of shir, meaning just like you have a symphony that's made up of a few movements, so that's the idea. The shir is made up of many subsongs, which are shirot. So Rav Hutner said, now I understand the difference between kahal and a kihila. Right? He says the kahal represents to the overall kahal adas Yisrael. Every kihila is not meant to be something in and of itself, but it's a movement of the symphony that's kahal adas Yisrael, just like the shira is a movement of that shir. Okay. So he says their phrase was hakoach haklali Yisrael. The fact that Am Yisrael have the ability to unite, to come together. He says, other nations, by their very definition, are anpin misparadim. They are separate branches. But Am Yisrael, by our essence, are goy echod ba'aretz. We are one nation. There is that oneness which is to be there. So that's why, he again goes back to the same medrash, va'agar min ha'aretz, I have to stop them from getting to Eretz Yisrael. Ki Eretz Yisrael hi ha-ma'achedes es Eretz Yisrael is that which unifies Am Yisrael. Kind of hard to see if you read news. Don't read news, maybe, okay? But we, we have to see, right, how, how this works. It's only because we care so much that we argue. Oh, that's we it. Care, it's family. Apparently, you wouldn't argue about it. Oh. This idea that every Jew is responsible for each other only went into an effect when they crossed the Yardin and came into Eretz Yisrael. says this, the Maral brings many times. So now, he says, they were afraid of this kahal. If Am Yisrael would actually get together, would actually utilize the privilege of being in Eretz Yisrael the way it's supposed to be, and have that unification, so then, right, they can defeat anything. And he says, this is what's referred to in the Pasuk, Vayhi shurun Melech Bihis Asif Am Yachad Shivte Yisrael. He says that if Am Yisrael down in this world have oneness, so then the Shekhinah, there's a, a Shekhinah that rests upon them from above as well, particularly when they can have that combination. So he said, now let's plug it into what Bilam tried to do. He says, he quotes his father, Davne Nezer, and Halacha and Sukkot. There's an argument in the Gemara, Lulav Tzorich Eged or Ein Tzorich Eged. Do you actually have to tie up your arba minim, your four species, your palm branch, your eser, your adasim, and your arvavos? Do you have to actually tie them up with those rings, which is always hard for people to do if you're not very arts and craftsy, or not? And the, the Gemara says that if the lulav does have to be tied up, so then if you tie up an eser, a lulav, adasim, arvavos, and a cucumber... Okay, you decide to add a banana, to add some more color. Everything's green. You want a little yellow to put in there. He says, that's no good. Why is it no good? I have my four medium. They're all tied up. I'm shaking them. And there's a banana. 
<laughs> it's a plus. He says, no, that's garua v'omedu. That spoils it. He says, when something else is in that combination, which is bound together, and it's not supposed to be there, so then it spoils the unity of those four things as well. Okay, this is a very interesting picture, which is what's happening. So what Bilo and Balak were trying to do was to bring into Am Yisrael Kochozorim, foreign powers, right? Not like other nations, right? Different spiritual outlooks, different desires. And he says, even if the Jews would be in Eretz Yisrael, even if they're living together, but then it would be spoiled in that way. So he says, the Zohar HaKadosh says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu protected Am Yisrael from the curses of Bilam, Paras Gadfoi Alayhu. He spread his wings over them, meaning he let them stay together and he protected them from these other things coming in. So now, he says, this is, this is a fabulous medrash about a strange word in the Parsha. Bolok asks Bilam, Lechona Arali. A strange word for cursing, ara li. Right? We tend to think it's from arur, but that doesn't work grammatically so much. Where do we find it? In the Mishnah. We have different words for harvesting different types of fruits. Figs is called to be ore esateini. That's the verb. We have a special verb for picking figs. Go figure. Okay? Ore, alavov, resh he. Now, Chazal, and this has a lot of applications in halacha, something which is unique about the fig tree, there are many fig trees around here, you can take a look at it, is that the figs are not what's called the kitosan ka'achas, they don't get ripe at once. If you've got a peach tree, in general, most of the peaches, your main crop, gets ripe pretty much all at once. That's why people who have fruit trees and such, you have to start giving them to the neighbors and everything, because suddenly you have too much of one thing, and you've got to figure out what to do with them. He says, figs, it's not like that. One day this fig will be ripe, next day another fig will be ripe. That's how they work. Why? According to one opinion, there are many opinions as to what the tree was that Adamarishan was not supposed to eat from. According to one opinion, it was a fig. That was the Eitz Hadas Tovara. So Hadas Tovara was the first time of mixing something foreign in. Das Tovara doesn't mean I know good and bad. Das like in the usage of Ha'adam Yoda Eschava Ishto, right, means connecting, intermingling. Okay, so since the time of that chait, so Ra is intermingled with Tov. It's hard for me to differentiate, it's hard for me to know. So therefore, he says, the oneness of the fig tree got messed up. And that's why the fig tree, it's all Perus Yechidim. It's all these separate ones. So this is why he used this word. He wanted to use orally because he wanted Am Yisrael to be separated, to have things which are different. What was the final salvo that they fired? He says, after they saw that they failed, it says, Bilam got up and he went, and he went back to his place. And Bolak also went in his way. He says, what in the world is the Torah telling us that for? The Torah doesn't waste time. He says, Bilam, you can say, Bilam, that was the end of his story, meaning implied in those words, he went out in shame. He went out as a failure. 
he went out without the you know fanfare that he thought he was going to get from Bullock by fulfilling his task. He didn't, and he slunk off. But it says Bullock went on his way. What do we think? He said he's going to stay on the mountain all day. You finished. You go home. He says no. He went to his previous derech, meaning he didn't give up. He wanted to find a way to mix something into Amisra. And that was the idea of the Noshim. Even if he said if it was the Eitz of Bilam, and it came nonetheless, Balak was the one who set it into activity. The Benos Midian, the Midianite women that came, that suddenly affected not just the actions, but the thoughts and the culture of Amisra. When that gets in, that had an effect. And that was what he tried to do. And this is the battle that we're still fighting. It sounds kind of depressing. I remember once Ramosha Shapiro's itself said that uh, if, if uh, Bilam could show Bullock our world today, he would shake his hand and say, exactly what I had in mind. Okay, <laughs> meaning uh, it, it, the, these things can turn back Leklala, Chazal say. We're supposed to learn, the Torah is teaching us this, not just as an incident that happened. We're supposed to remember what happened with Balak and Bilam and to realize that they were pointing out vulnerabilities. They were attacking vulnerabilities. We were protected at the time. But from those blessings, you see what the curses were. We see from them what our destiny is. On the other hand, we see the things that can stop us and keep us from that destiny. So that's a key for what we're supposed to be trying to do. The last piece from the Shemesh Shavuot just mentioned is that a strange thing that Rashi Chazal bring. It says, Bilom, Vayokom Bilom Baboker, Bilom got up in the morning, Vayachbosh Asasono, and he right, saddled his donkey. Rashi says from Chazal, Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, Eh, you think that's impressive? You got up early in the morning, you saddled your own donkey. Krakodomcha Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu already did this before you. He got up early in the morning and he put the saddle on his donkey. He says, Again, how can you compare the two? If you have apples and apples, if they were both doing the same thing, you say, Bilam, that's great, but Avram Avinu did it before you. But there was nothing great about what Bilam did. He was a Russia who was hurrying to do evil and try and destroy a nation. Avram Avinu was a tzaddik who was hurrying to go do a mitzvah. How can you compare the two? So he says, in reality, Bilam tried a fascinating track. And the Medrash points this out. He knew the question the Shem Shmuel asked before and he didn't really answer, did they really think they could dislodge Hashem's love of Am Yisrael? By, we'll curse them, and then Hashem will reject them and take us. He said, Bilam took a much more universal track. He said, isn't it better for Hashem to have all 70 nations as his people instead of one? This is a very powerful argument. And he says, in fact, he was able to tap into the fact that this is the destiny of the world. We say it, right? Everyone is going to call in your name. So Bilam said, let's do it. What's this exclusivity? What's this chosen nation thing? Let's get everybody on board. 70 nations instead of one nation. And uh, this, he felt, would dilute the relationship that Am Yisrael had with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Right? This would 
also stop the need of the nations for having to go through Am Yisrael for every connection to Kedusha. But how was he able to, to do it? How, you can't fool Hashem. He said, this is, and this is a fascinating thing to see. Bilam was a powerful person. Bilam was so powerful that he was able to hypnotize himself, so to speak, and convince himself that he's totally idealistic. He was able to separate himself entirely from his original negative purpose and say, in order to approach Hashem, I have to somehow meditate and focus and be mafshit myself, it says, separate myself from that Bilam that wants to destroy them and wants to lower the world. And that's why you can compare his hurrying with Avram's hurrying. When he got up in the morning, he was saying, I am hurrying to do Ratzon Hashem, to bring the world to recognize Hashem. And that was the only thing that was in his mind, at least as far as he was able to convince himself. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, no, right? This, obviously I see through you. Obviously Avram Avinu did what's real and what you're doing is false. But he finishes with an interesting thing. He says, let's learn from that. Let's learn to be careful when we think we're doing something so righteous. He says, be careful even with your Maisim Tovim. He says, it seems so clear to you in your outer mind that your Kavana is pure. He says, there may be something deep inside that you're not realizing. Don't, don't uh, pull that Bilam track and don't follow it in that way. Okay, so these are the lessons that we have here. This is the idea that Am Yisrael, on one hand, are here for the entire world. That vision is true. But that's the only way in which the world can fulfill that, and the only way the world can get there is if Am Yisrael is allowed to be who they're supposed to be. A certain uh, well-known politician recently made a speech, and he saw fit to include in there, he said that, Anachnu lo am levadad yishkon. We are not a nation that dwells alone. Right? And I know what he meant. He wanted to say, you know, we're players in the international stage. We have to have diplomacy. We have to have all these things. But he was quoting a pasuk, right, which does say, Am levadad yishkon, ubagirim lo yitchashav. So, Am levadad yishkon doesn't mean that we don't care about the world. It doesn't mean that we don't interact with the world. But it means that we need to be ourselves. The world can't be slipping its way into our arba minim. Right? We, if we are able to be ourselves, then we're able to influence everybody as they are. But if it goes in the other direction, and fortunately I think this politician would be heading there, so then it has the opposite effect. So let's hope, right, that we'll be able to be ourselves and be able to bring bracha and see bracha for everyone. Everyone have a wonderful week. Oh,